Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl. I'm Sarah. That's me. And a bi-demisexual girl. That's me, Kayla. And a queer, trans, non-bi-ace-spec person. That's me. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, Ace Voices. Sounds Sounds fake, fake, but but okay. okay. Welcome back to the pod. Hello. Hi, people of the internet. Hope you're all doing well. We have a special guest today. We do. We're welcoming Eris to the to the virtual studio today. Our yes. first guest in so long. Hello, Eris. Hello. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Hell yeah. We are uh, talking to Eris because, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, it is the season of A-Spec Books. And we are here to talk about another that we are very excited about. So, Eris, do you want to do a quick introduction to yourself and your book? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I am... What am I? No, um, I, I don't know. I sounded really uh, uncertain of myself uh, during the intro. It's, you know, it's part of the process. Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm I'm aspec. I'm, you know, I, I guess I call myself asexual and demi-romantic or gray romantic. But, like, part of that is, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, is just, like, I, I don't know. So I'm a writer. Um, I write uh, nonfiction and fiction. Um, all of it is extremely gay. I have my first book is called They Them There. It's sort of a well, it's called like a guide to uh, non-binary and gender queer identities, but um, it's it's a little bit more nuanced than that. I mean, or I, I tried to make it more nuanced than that, and the same is is true for this book. Um, so, Ace Voices. I'm kind of billing it as like a love letter to the Ace Spectrum, aromantic, uh, demi and gray community. I really wanted to use the book to talk about, you know, kind of like what our lives are actually like um, and to just talk to as many people as I could who had experience, um, you know, who were part of the community um, just to kind of like get away from my own perspective um, because I actually really don't like writing about myself. Um, This is really, I'm rambling a lot. That's what podcasts are for. Yeah, Yeah. that's what it's for. (laughs) You're doing it. I'm I'm, I'm pod, mom, I'm podcasting. Um, (laughs) So that's kind of what the book is about. And I guess I'll talk more about it. I actually had to spend like a good couple hours this afternoon uh, reminding myself what the book was about and like reading (laughs) it um, because it's been like a solid six months since I've looked at it. So, uh, so I hope I've like built it (laughs) correctly. It's what I recall the book being about. So I think you did. I think you did it right. You got it. No, every time we have to like think about what our book is about, like I end up going back and reading and being like, oh, this is pretty good. Like like the other day, Sarah was supposed to be reading someone else. She was reading Sharonda's book. Yeah. And then she started reading our book instead because because she got distracted. And then she was like, Kayla, our book is really good. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But read the other one, maybe. It made me think of something we talked about in our book. And I was like, I'm going to go see what we said. And then I just kept going. (laughs) What you going to do? Love that confidence from you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have both read the book. It's wonderful. It's great. I think it's, you know, something that we have done, you have done, Sharonda has done as well, is we've really talked to a lot of different A-Spec people. And I think that's a a thing that all of us wanted to, you know, emphasize, like bring in more voices because there are so few. So, you know, what was your your thought process, um, you know, because you use these quotes so liberally. So like how, A, what was your thought process in like, wanting to bring all these people in and then B, how did you go about putting everything together? I guess. Um, well, I guess B like, uh, it was extremely haphazard. Um, so, well, I kind of used, um, these sort of, it was sort of like a questionnaire. Um, and it was a way for me to be juggling multiple projects at once and also still talking to a lot of people. Um, I had used that model for my first book and it worked pretty well because I could send it away and people could have time to sit and think about, um, you know, what I was asking them to talk about. 
and then could get back to me in their own time. And I could use that in my own time, you know, while doing other stuff. So um, it was sort of like a questionnaire format. And that allowed me to talk to so many more people than I could have otherwise. And for this community, you know, as uh, for this project, as you said, um, Sarah, it is important to like bring in as many voices as possible because there are so few uh, visible like ASPEC voices. So what I wanted to do with the book is like, yeah, to bring together, like, I think I say in the intro, like a volume of, of a spectrum, like sort of lived experiences. And I had to kind of make a decision very early on, you know, to, to really think hard about what my priorities were with the book. And I really wanted to just use those, you know, real people's words about themselves and their own lives um, as the touchstone. So any time I felt like I was getting in the weeds or any time I felt like, um, you know, I was getting too theoretical, I would be able to go back and, and ground what I was uh, writing in the lived experience of a real person. Because I think, you know, I'm not an academic, um, not to like, you know, trash talk academics, um, but I'm, I'm just very much not trained in theory or anything like that. I have like no clue. So, uh, and I guess personally, a personal priority for me is for my work to engage with real lived experience and how people live their lives on the ground. I'm not really interested in talking about sexuality, like what it is and stuff. Um, I'm more interested in like, you know, what are our lives actually like? And I feel like that's more useful to the average, you know, a spec who maybe hasn't seen something like what they have lived um, reflected on the page or in media before. Yeah. And that, reminds me so as I was reading through it I was just like highlighting quotes sometimes that 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 spoke to me and that reminds me of one where one of your respondents said that they to them the word asexual means not being attracted to anyone but in a more explanatory way than an identity way um Mm -hmm. which I thought was a very interesting and very apt way to describe it um and I think you do a good job in this book of diving into there's this big community. There's a lot of words and a lot of different descriptions of things. But ultimately, you know, we're not always on the exact same page about what everything means, but it's really about the community and about being able to just explain yourself. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there is this, I think it's common kind of um, knowledge within like marginalized communities where, you know, if you are in a room with a whole bunch of people who share lived experience with you, you're able to, to go much deeper than, you know, if, if, if it was like a sort of a group of some non-marginalized people, um, you know, a mixed group. And I think the power of our words is that, you know, we're, we're, we find ways to like sort of give voice to lived experiences that have just been totally invisible up until now. And I think that's really important. And even if, you know, even if people, Because, yeah, there is a lot of, like, chat in the book about, you know, what is identity and what is just a descriptor and, like, what are descriptive words useful for and what are identity terms useful for. And, like, for me, like, the only, I don't use very many identity terms at all. Like, I think the ones that I identify with are, like, queer and trans. And that encompasses, it manages to encompass literally everything. Like, and I'm not really interested in identifying myself with any other kind of words. Um, But there's so many like descriptive terms that have allowed me to think more deeply about what my own experience is and like how I see the world and how I move through the world. I don't know if that, <laughs> that no, answers your question. Yeah. It does. I, I, think, I think that is also a lot of the criticism from people outside the community. They're like, well, you have all these terms. You have too many. Like you all want to be special. And it's like. what these words mean. It's like they're not for you. Sorry. Yeah, and it's like they're they're not necessarily meant to like force people into boxes or to you know it's it's just meant to describe our experience and help it's us a, relate to a, each other. Yeah, it's like a resource or a tool you can take it or leave it. Exactly. I think my favorite chapter in the book, I think it was called "When Words Aren't Enough." <clears throat> Sorry, when words aren't enough, and it's kind of the chapter where you're talking about language and the nuances, and that's always been the thing that's like interested me the most about our community is how we just keep inventing these new words, even smaller words for even like more niche experiences, which I just think is so interesting. 
Um, so I loved seeing your perspective on that. I just thought like it was, yeah, I feel like as a community, we don't always have the awareness of like the fact that we do that and that like mm. a lot of other communities don't do that as much. And it makes us really unique. Like, it's like, wait, is this weird or? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, I thought everyone did this. Like I didn't realize this was like an us thing. But yeah, so I really enjoyed. That's also a very ace thing. About that. It's like, oh, I thought this yes. was just normal, or I didn't realize this wasn't normal. No, literally. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm, well, I'm really glad that you enjoyed that chapter. I, I like every time I write book, I always have to talk about language. Like I've got my linguistics degrees, and I have to like use them. Um, because I haven't <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> I am well, clearly really you have. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like my, my royalties check are, are very, very slowly paying off my, uh, my linguistics degrees. But um, <laughs> I, I am really interested in the ways we, the ways we use language and, you know, what having access to language means and, you know, what it can allow a person to do. And, you know, it's like, because world, words are so ephemeral and they're, they're intangible, but they have so much power. Um, so I always try and try and want to sort of talk about that and engage with that. Even my fiction, um, a lot of my fiction talks about language, like what it means and, and tries to, to, yeah, sort of explore language. Along those same lines, I really loved the part where you were talking about untranslatable words from other languages that could apply to A-spec ideas and A-spec experiences. And I think it really just goes to show that even if we are only just now making up these words in English, <laughs> these are lived experiences that people have had and have been having for since the beginning of humanity. And it's it's so easy for people to look at the relative youth of our community and think, well, oh, like this is a new thing. But it's really not. It's just... <laughs> different people haven't had the same words that we that we do and they used different words to describe their experience but that doesn't mean the experience was any different yeah just because it's not a thing in english like quote unquote a thing doesn't mean it doesn't exist um yeah and i found it really sort of comforting um to to look at these ways that other languages sort of talked about romance and sex and you know in, in like a totally different way and like yeah, it just sort of felt like it made a little bit more space. Shockingly, the world does not revolve around English speakers. I have so many, like, the number of people that seem to be surprised by that or, or that, that, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of your other books, you were kind of talking about using, like, language in your fiction and nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm really interested to hear how your experience writing this book was different from your others, and particularly your first book, They, Them, Theirs. Because obviously these are two like different facets of your identity. So I'm wondering if like there was like unique challenges basically to writing this book that you didn't have with your others. Mm, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, for So for my first book, I mean, it was obviously like it was commissioned off the back of a uh soon defunct crowdfunded anthology product project um it's like the one good thing that came out of that project um and it was so it was an essay that I had written I'd put up it wasn't even the whole essay it was like a yeah I think the editor got in touch with me after reading an excerpt from an essay that we'd put up on the crowdfunder page and I'm still to this day do not know how he found me uh obviously very grateful it was the start of a huge journey and like like, I don't know, it makes me kind of shudder when I think about if, if you know, you hadn't gotten in touch. Oh, well, I'd be doing something else by right now, but whatever. Um, but so it was extremely haphazard. I had never written a book before. I think I had done a thesis that was like 8,000 words. Um, I'd written a couple of like shitty NaNoWriMo novels, but I had never written an actual book. Um, so it was very haphazard, very experimental. Um, and they kind of just like, you know, wound me up and like, let me go. They they didn't really give me like, here's your various deadlines and here's the outline that we want you to work on. Basically, they gave me a list of topics they wanted the book to touch on. And I had immense freedom to basically do whatever I want. Um, shout out to Jessica Kingsley Publishing. They are the best. Yes. They're a dream to work with um, and we love them. So, um, so that was like the first book. And I also didn't have the platform that I have now, um, you know, such as it is. Um, 
Oh my god, I your little cat in the background. So cute. Oh, he's doing a little sleep. <laughs> Must sleep. be involved. Yep. Um, so I didn't have the same platform that I have now. So I only spoke to about 14 non-binary people and I kind of extrapolated out our experiences um, based on that. And also like, you know, the book came out in 2019 and everything's already changed so much. So we're not even going to talk about that. Um, that's a rabbit hole. I'm not going down. Um, but for this book, I was doing a similar thing because um, it seemed to work pretty well for they them there. I was doing a similar thing. Well, basically the thing is um, trying to write something that is functions as a guidebook without being like a dictionary or an explainer. And I do want to talk about that a little bit later as well. You know, it's not like, you know, non-bind 101. Um, I'm not here to, you know, explain what anyone's experience means. Um, so I had the same sort of brief for this book, but the stakes were a lot higher. The stakes, the stakes feel higher. That's sort of the main difference. Um, I spoke to way more people, partly because I knew that, you know, my experience of the ASPEC community was quite uh, narrow, you know, I had mainly only talked to other like, like white ASPEC people, um, on like Tumblr. And I was like, that is not good enough. Um, I have to reach as far and wide as I can. So I ended up speaking to about 40 people, um, off of, and this is 40 people who got back to me after about 150 got in touch in the first instance. Um, so it was a way bigger spread of experiences. Obviously we were all using English to communicate. Um, so, you know, that necessarily narrows, you know, the scope somewhat. Um, but yeah, it did really feel like the stakes were higher for this book. And also because of the unique commute, like position that especially asexual people are, uh, have given our history, like within the biomedical community. And I actually ended up, uh, yeah, like when, if I if we talk a little bit about like sort of dictionaries and explainers a little bit later, I can tell you about like my my murder wall that I accidentally came up with um, while trying to learn. This. It's oh my god, it was such a thing, um, and it didn't even really make it into the book. Um, so I do want to talk about it, um, but yes, it just please. felt like given the way that ace people have been treated, uh, you know, throughout history. And I myself have some experience of this. I did. I just knew I couldn't write the dictionary. I couldn't say. I couldn't, you know, write the the one hundred and one the explainer. Um, I had to. There had to be nuance. There had to be uh, diversity, and it had to be as inclusive as possible. Um, so it, it, I kept trying to return to that and return to the lived experience of the people I spoke to. Uh, as much as I humanly could, um, because it did feel like it was a lot more important to, not that it's not important for the non-binary community, but I think the unique position of the ASPEC community means that when you're writing a non-fiction book, it, it really is important to do it right. Yeah, I think we, we felt a really similar way about writing our book is that being in the community for so long, we've seen so many one-on-one resources, so many explainers, which is obviously that's a really, relative term <laughs> compared compared to other communities like there are so oh, few, yeah. but you know yes but yes. most most of the texts Content. about asexuality yeah. and the community are more one-on-one level continue yeah. which like is important people need that especially because we're so invisible for so many people but i think we especially with the podcast started getting really bored with that and like we felt the same way we did not want our book to be one-on-one -on -one. we wanted to go deeper for the people who like already knew the 101 and like were hungry for more content mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so yeah i definitely got that from your book as well like it's very accessible to people who don't have a ton of ace knowledge but it still goes deeper for those people who kind of already know the subject matter mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think like, that's like one of the strengths of your podcast, too, is like, you're able to sort of, you can go into the weeds a little bit and, and, you know, yeah, just go a lot deeper than the sort of, um, today, we are going to talk about what aromanticism means. Um, because yeah, because I think the other thing about this book was, and this was actually a conversation that I had with my publisher, um, it occurs to me just now, um, answering your previous question as well, is that a, another difference between they, them, there, and this book was that I, 
the balance between who I was writing it for. So they then there I was written, I was trying to write it both for people within the non-binary community, um, you know, non-binary people like myself, and also who were like sort of early in their journeys and trying to figure stuff out, but also for a lay person, you know, um, for a, a binary person to give them, you know, tools that they might need to like, you know, support the non-binary people in their lives. But for this one, I was like, no, first and foremost, this is for the community. I don't, I don't, I'm not writing this for, yeah, I'm not writing it for um, allo people. You know, if they want to come along and I, I, I welcome them. Um, and I, I love the idea that allo people might read my book, but it is for us because we've had so, so little so far, I think. No, yeah, that's, again, that's the same uh, kind of ethos we had with ours, which makes it kind of nerve wracking to then put it out into the world. Um, because obviously there's like more aloe people than aspec people in general. So I know like we've gotten some early reviews back of the book that aren't amazing that are like clearly from aloe yeah. people that don't know what's going on. So it like does that make person it... who said they didn't think demisexuality was real, yeah, but otherwise they read thought our... the book was okay. <laughs> yeah, the person who read our entire book and said, your identity certainly isn't real. And I said, what? did you read it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, but why are you here then? Anyway, this is us just what? complaining now, but it it does make it, it makes it scary to put out into the world, I think, because then like weird, nasty people could get their hands on it. No one mm. wants that. Yeah. Although at the same time, like our community is, is quite small, relatively speaking, so I'm going to need some aloes to buy it. So that I That's can true. Buy it. For money purposes. <laughs> yeah. Like my grandma pre-ordered our book and I was like, sweet Judith, there's no way you're going to understand like, thank you so much for your money, but like, you don't have to read it. You're not going to get it. God bless. Thank you. God bless you. You can, you can certainly try, yes. but. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Judith, my boyfriend's mom really wants to bring it to her book club. That will certainly be interesting. My boss bought a copy for everyone in the office and I'm like, this will be a journey. Uh, that's really <laughs> nice. Just, it is. <laughs> it was very sweet. You should send Lloyd the link to Eris's book too and be like, what if? What if? Also, this one for everyone too. Unless, <laughs> wow, I don't even know what we were talking about before. Okay, wait, I want to hear about this murder wall. Oh my god, yeah. Okay, um, I'm so intrigued. I have to like try and remember like what I wrote like a brief. Um, so I found it in my Google Docs. So mm -hmm. basically, it's a chapter in the book that didn't make it into the book because oh, my editor rightly chapter. was like, "Yeah, my editor was like." I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So we're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh no! Wait, is your editor uh, the same as ours? Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. I love Andrew, I love Andrew so. Much. Oh my god! Like, like props. Shout out. God bless with him. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. Rip to Andrew. He's not dead. He just doesn't work he's there anymore. He's not dead. <laughs> yeah. He just yeah. got a new job. Yeah, he's just he's just doing his own thing now. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love that for him. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, this. I don't even know what this is. Basically, I was doing some research for the book into the history of why asexuality is medicalized and pathologized right now. And I ended up going through sexology, which we all know about. Thank you, Masters and Johnson, whatever. Um, but then I went a little bit further back and I was like, but why are, do we put people into categories based on biological characteristics that don't actually, aren't, aren't actually discrete categories? And then I was like, oh, it's, it's enlightenment. They didn't do this shit in the Renaissance. Um, so I like went back to like enlightenment. And then I was like, that was like when they had cabinets of curiosities where colonialists would go overseas and bring back a bunch of weird stuff, both, you know, animal and human and mineral and display them in their house. And then they started to monetize. And then that was like freak shows. And then that was like the interviews with asexual people in early 2000s daytime television. And I had this whole like fucking, my, I got out my red yarn and, and it was basically a murder wall. I was writing this chapter and I was like, and it's because of enlightenment and because science and science isn't real, but, and, but we can't put 
asexual people, they, we don't fit the categories and it's display and it's, and this is why I'm not writing a dictionary of sexuality because if I write the dictionary of sexuality, it's gonna be like putting all of my people in my community into little boxes with little labels underneath them for an aloe audience to come in and like gawk at them as if we're museum cabinet of curiosities exhibits. And I'm not going to do that. So that's not, that's why this isn't a dictionary of sexuality. And it was like, it was a whole fucking thing and it was unhinged. I um, love it. I want this to be released. Yeah. I want this, I want this secret chapter out in the world. I was going to say, I understand why Andrew maybe thought it didn't fit in the book, <laughs> but I still want to read it. <laughs> I still want her. I, um, yeah, I think I might go back to her. I do have it in my google docs and i do want to turn it into a big a big unhinged essay um so i would read that so hard y'all honestly i feel like people. you should like get a graphic designer to like make <laughs> your murder, murder wall, wall. With, your, with your string make it yes a, uh, i want it i want yeah. it so bad i can't wait okay um you guys have to hold me accountable i will do I will. it we'll turn it into a big weird essay and uh i will share and we'll have you back on we'll do a live yeah. reading yeah <laughs> yes, it'll be great right and it's just gonna be as yeah i think unhinged is really the only way i can describe yeah, it. i love it and you know what this I podcast is unhinged so it's unhinged. perfect for us <laughs> well, yes right this is the exact vibe for us oh man amazing wow i'm glad i got Great. to talk <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you did too going back to a not a more serious topic, because I do think your murder wall is a serious topic, but going back to what's in the book, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I really, really appreciated the chapter uh, called Disability, Mental Illness, and Neurodivergence, mm -hmm. because I feel like, first of all, as you kind of mentioned earlier, the biomedicalization of, of <laughs> A-spec identities yeah, yes, <laughs> um, is... Is something that is often done to us and you hear all these sort of like anecdotes and stuff about people's experiences but it was so nice to kind of have a place where it's it's in one spot where you kind of dive into that mm -hmm. was that i guess what was your what was your process with that chapter that one was really tricky that was one of the last chapters that i had outlined and i found the structure of it really difficult to figure out um i definitely um, and I think that's because all of that stuff is so intertwined and also because that sort of medicalization thing uh, that sort of, yeah, happens to us, as you say, without our consent um, is so kind of pervasive and it kind of really infuses a lot of this sort of discourse and stuff around what it is and not discourses in within the community, but like so much of the sort of common perception of what it is to be asexual um, and to be a part of the community. So my my process was like, I, I, I didn't necessarily consciously choose to put it all into one spot, but uh, I did know that I wanted to talk about it. And I also knew that for the rest of the book, I wanted to step back from that as much as possible because I didn't want that to be the overarching tone of what I was, you know, like, like that has its place in the discussion, but it's not the be all and all of, of what it is like to be us. So while I knew I wanted to talk about it, I definitely didn't want it to infuse the rest of the book. Yeah, it's something that, as you said, it has its place. It's something that we should discuss because people are going to ask us about it. And it is an issue amongst our community, but it's not something that necessarily defines who we are, defines who we are as a community. So I appreciated that it had it, it it had its place in your book, and then uh, you talked about other stuff too. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I do think like the amount of people that we've had talk to us about one terrible experiences with like, doctors and therapists, um, and then two, I guess in the same kind of umbrella topic, question like asking us like, am I allowed to be a spec if I have this disability? Am I allowed to be a spec when I have this trauma? And it's like. I, I'm not. Girl, all, I can't give I you permission. Fucking, yeah, first of all, I'm not like, the, I don't have the key to the community. Um, but second of all, like, it doesn't matter if something else like informs your sexuality, quote unquote. Like, mm -hmm. 
not everyone is necessarily born this way, you know, like, and that's something that I think we need to talk about more. And so having that in this book where even people who, again, have gone through the 101 of ASPEC identities, but that kind of deeper stuff they're still struggling with, I hope that people find that helpful. Because that's, I, we get that question like that so often. And I just wish that it was more clear from the outset to people that like, you can just come here and be fine. And like, no one's gonna kick you out. And if they're trying to kick you out, like, they suck. Okay. <laughs> really bad. Get, tell me their name. I will find yeah. them. We'll go get, we'll go get them. Oh my God. Am yeah. I allowed to swear on this podcast? That's fine. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank oh, yes. God. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, you're absolutely right. I think that one of the things that really became clear to me while writing this book was that it really is, well, just part of my whole, like, sort of, I had this ethos of what I was doing while I was trying to write the book was that, like, you know, it's okay not to know exactly where such and such a thing comes from. And it's okay not to have an exact word to precisely describe something. And it's okay to have other stuff going on. And because like none of this is easily separable, you know, my mental health and my sexuality and my experiences of romance, you know, that cannot be separated from each other. They can't be separated from my financial situation, which like fucking sucks, but it's true. Um, it can't be separated from, you know, where I'm at in my career, where I, I live geographically. Like none of that is, is separable. Like it, it's, it's all mixed up together. Um, and so, yeah, it like really like, you know, makes me upset when I, I hear people say, you know, sort of when I hear that people are not like, feel like they don't have a place in the community because they are mentally ill or because they are disabled. And it's like, no, like the community should be for you before anyone else. Like, yeah. So yeah. And I, I just really hope that, and I think we are in a place where at least the kind of conversations you guys and I are having right now, like we're moving past this or in this way narrative, we're moving past this idea that, you know, if you're not a gold star asexual, then your identity is invalid. And I also want to move past like the concept of validity in general. Like I fucking hate that word. So yeah, it's, yeah. Like just like can, can have little a nuance for a treat. It, it reminds me so much of how, and you mentioned this in the book about how so many aspects, um, they experience pushback from the broader queer community and you know we're told by other queer people that there is a barrier to entry there is you know a certain thing that you have to experience you have to experience a certain type of attraction you have to be um you know sex positive not in the sense of like i support people's right to have sex but sex positive and like i'm having as much sex as possible and that's kind yeah. of the way they think about it and so then when when those same people come to our community they expect there to be the same barriers but the whole purpose mm -hmm. of our community is that there aren't um and and that's something that people have to learn and obviously there are going to be people in any community who are going to be gatekeepers for some mm -hmm. fucking reason but that's not the the majority and it's you know it's important to us that there aren't those barriers yeah, I think it's like a fundamental part of like, you know, if we're going to function as a community, we have to like, we're so, you know, unique and like special in, in so many other ways. Like we're just, we're just special little guys. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, in this way too, like, you know, like we, we don't gatekeep each other. I mean, I don't know, maybe some of us do, but you know. But we should, we should but, not. But we yeah, don't we claim should. them. But, yeah. What you said earlier just made me um, think about another thing that I really enjoyed just kind of about like the vibe of the book you were talking about how you don't need to like understand yourself exactly to be part of the community or like know where something comes from um, but that's something I really enjoyed about the book is that like you did not position yourself as someone who even had themselves exactly figured out like even at the beginning of this podcast you were like I use this word sometimes and like sometimes this word like to me it sometimes you can kind of get in your head about like oh, everyone that has like some kind of platform in this community or is like doing advocacy work, like they must have everything figured out. They must be like super confident in their identities. Um, like, which I know for Sarah and I is not true. Like I, my identity changed while we were writing our book. Your identity um, has changed twice 
over the per, over the length of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to the full podcast, you can hear me change That's my yeah. Fucking incredible. It's Excellent very wild. Work. It's like a whole like diary. Like yeah, it's like an audio diary at this point. But um, it just felt very reaffirming to me that like this person could write this entire book. They could publish mm-hmm. this book and bring this resource to people as someone who is like very upfront about the fact that like, yeah, I still have stuff to figure out too. And like, that's okay. And yeah, just I have how no it fucking is. clue. Yeah. Which like no one does. And I, it, I just think it's good to like reaffirm other people that like, I also have no idea. Like I can give you as much advice as possible, but like take it with a grain of salt. Cause I'm also silly. Anyone who positions themselves as knowing anything, everything about any mm-hmm. subject is fucking lying to you. <laughs> they just want to make themselves feel good. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and like there are no true experts in anything because no one can know anything. And I think I appreciate I think in the introduction you you mentioned how at the start of this you weren't sure if you were qualified to write this book. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's a very A spec, <laughs> a very A spec sentiment. <laughs> um but I think it's it's really good to to recognize that and be honest about that and say like, hey, I know all these things. I talked to all these people. I got this entire ass book published, but I'm still sometimes mm. <laughs> just a silly little guy. I'm just, <laughs> little guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, you said it. Like, I, I really have no clue what's going on with me <laughs> at any given moment. Um, and you know, so far no one has yelled at me, you know, like I, sometimes I have this sense that like, well, I published this whole book. Uh, wow. I'm really lucky that nobody's like fucking yelled at me for the fact that I don't even know what my identity, you know, word is. Um, I don't know if that's like going to happen or what. It better not. And I mean, even if it does, I'd be like, only God can judge me. So, you know, it's fine. But I really don't think that only like, God in these fists. <laughs> Let's go. Um, yeah, I think and I feel very free. I feel like I think early on, super early on, basically as soon as I'd written that that introduction, where I was like, "Oh wait," but I it's fine actually. Um, I I just sort of decided like it's it's fine. I'm never gonna write this book. I'm never gonna get this book done if I wait until I know what's going on. Um, and I just, I just really love that about, you know, this community. I was able to like do this whole work and like be part of the community and like, and, and it, and still not know. And it's, it's fine. And it's, it's been great. Um, and I, I love that my community has given me that freedom. Yeah. And that was something in our book, not to bring up our book again. This is about your book. Listen, I have ADHD. This is how I connect with people. (laughs) I just tell stories about myself. And then I'm like, wait, did I talk about myself too much? Um, But in our book, that was something we struggled with where we wanted to kind of give a caveat and say, like, we're not experts, but we didn't want to kneecap ourselves too much and, you know, make it seem like we don't know what we're talking about, but here's a book about it anyway. And that was something that we actually asked, we had written a line about that and we asked our our editor, Andrew, about and we were like, is this too much? And he was like, you can be nicer to yourselves. Like, <laughs> yeah, Andrew was like, please stop yeah. it. God bless him. But no, yeah, that's... No negative self-talk. Yeah. But that's the thing is, like, I think that's why both of our books, we included so many voices from other people, because it's like, I don't know what's going on. These people don't really know what's going on either. But if we can all talk about stuff collectively, maybe yes. we'll like, we'll find some out. trends. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. That's the exact thing. Like, I mean, also that is like the the caveat there is like, oh, shit, I don't want to do statistics on us either. But mm, I have yeah. to um, like big ups to the to the a census survey people um but yeah like i think that is the power it's like yeah we we just get as many people to talk about their real life experiences as possible and like that's your authority right there and and you don't have to like have fancy degree um and you don't have to know what epistemology means and (laughs) and it's still fine you can still write a good ass book so it's true we got through all the questions I had like written down. Is there anything else about the book that you like really wanted to talk about? Um, actually, I did write like a page of like 
hold on. They I came prepared. I mean, I did, but I can't read any of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, I've got, yeah, something. Um, I guess just sort of like, I can kind of talk about like, like what the, like the wider stuff the book is about. Um, because I don't know how you're going to like segue to this within the the episode, but I mean, yeah. This is your segue. Let's talk about it. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I, that I also wanted to do um, with the book was to interrogate as much as I could after spending like 20 minutes talking about how I don't have a degree and don't know what epistemology means. Like I <laughs> wanted to interrogate as much as I could the larger dynamics at play in how we um, you know, think about uh, sexuality and romance and the nuclear family. And I mean, um, Angela Chen does an amazing job with this as well. Like, I'm pretty sure she does know what epistemology means. Um, she has to. I, she must. I think she does. She's yeah. so smart. <laughs> um, but I wanted to sort of look at the ways that especially capitalism and colonialism have played a part in shaping the way that all people pretty much living on the world today experience sex and romantic desire and you know family and and stuff like that because um you know if you know that you know the sexual expectations that that we have of people of color come from colonialism which itself was motivated by capitalism if you know that like the nuclear family is a thing because that's the unit of production um, then it's a lot easier to kind of accept that experiencing sexual desire and, and romantic love are not universal. They're it's all they're, made up. Exactly. It's <laughs> all products of other shit that we have no control over. And it, it, it is really like, you know, like researching this book, I was so lucky to be able to do this project because it was like, I kind of like could get my head above the water in a sense. Like I was, I was doing, you know, my murder wall or whatever, but like I could, I really learned so much and it really made me sort of be able to see kind of past what we're, we're taught about, about sex and romance. Um, and I, I really value that. Um, and I hope that that does come through in the book and that that adds value for the reader um, because it was really important for me to, to do that myself. And I did that with my first book as well. Like talking about, you know, where binary gender comes from and like how it it wasn't always like this um and stuff like that so i think that's really important for us to know as as people within the community yeah and i think it was good that you were honest about you know there were identities that uh the people you talked to that you had never heard of before that you didn't fully mm -hmm. understand at the start of this and I guess that kind of brings me to my my one last question that I have, which was: Were there any discoveries that surprised you when you were when you were writing this book? Something that you didn't see coming that kind of helped shape where the book is now? Mm. The answer can be no. Well, I think <laughs> the whole thing was kind of like a continuous, you know, happy surprise. One big um, surprise. Yeah, I mean, just because like. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised by how many people got in touch with me to say thank you for even just asking them questions about themselves and, you know, how many people have said nice things about the fact that the project exists and, like, the just hearing that, like, you know, like, people are actually, like, people in our community do value, you know, what I'm doing and, and what we're kind of doing out here. And I think the sheer diversity of the community, um, I mean, it shouldn't have surprised me, but it was, it was much more than I ever imagined. Like, I think it, it made it really clear that I had this preconceived notion of what it was to be um, ace, aero, et cetera, mm -hmm. in my head. And that it just totally like exploded that. And so that, I mean, it, it shouldn't have been surprising, but yeah, it, it kind of was. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think me and Kayla have had similar experiences just because. You know, we're both white aspects who grew up in suburban America. We have a very specific perspective on, you know, what we expect things to be. And uh, it's one of the great things that our community is really improving on doing now is pushing beyond that and showing that it's uh, the community is so much more diverse than so many people think. Yeah. And I, I just learned so much by... 
um, you know, like watching on YouTube, like the, the AVEN conference, AVEN conference, I don't know why I said it like that. Um, like ACECON panels with, mm-hmm. where they, they like actually asked people with different lived experience what, what their experiences were. Like I learned so much. Um, yeah, like, you know, I, I, going into the project, I didn't know how much I didn't know. Um, so yeah. that, was, that was really, really good. Yeah. Great. I guess like also like, oh my God, I really just don't care about sex and I don't like writing about it and I don't give a shit. And that's the other thing I wanted to do with the book was that like, I just don't care. And so much of the, I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but reading, especially academic articles about Mm -hmm. what asexuality is and what it means. Um, I, they just end up being about sex anyways. And it's like, I don't care. Can we stop talking about this? So that was, that was the other thing is like, I just didn't, I wanted to talk about yeah. something else. There's, there's one of two stanzas. It's either, oh my God, they don't want sex. No sex, please. Or it's like, asexuals can still have sex. And it's like, let's, let's give it more nuance. Come on. Like the whole point is that we don't care that much about this thing. Like, why are we still talking? Yeah. 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 I, we had... Yeah, we did. These books are really just sisters, I think. We like I had the I wrote the sex chapter for our book and it I think is the shortest chapter in the book. So yeah. I was also just like I don't shut up. <laughs> so yeah. I think it'll be a welcome change for the Acepec people reading this book who are so used to having to like read the think pieces and stuff that's so focused on sex. And obviously we're so tired of it. I think like debating whether we have the right to exist or whether we're normal or whether it's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) So this will be a welcome change of like, this is content actually written by an Acepec person who's not going to like be weird about it. So yeah. Yeah, We can just literally talk about anything else. else. I beg you any other time. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, that what was are your very... thoughts on bell peppers? Like, like, like anything? Oh, really good. Little roasted Amazing. red bell pepper with tomato soup. I love that for you. I've never heard of that. that. Sounds so good. Um. All right. Great. Well, yeah. everyone, go pre-order Ace Voices. Google Ace Voices. Eris Young, and all of the we- all of the websites will come up where you can pre-order it. So do it right now. Buy it where you buy books. Right now, immediately. Right now, immediately. Also, you can go... Ask that your local libraries get it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Go to the website of your local independent bookstore, type it into their little search thing. Mm-hmm. You can pre-order from them online and then they get the money instead of Amazon. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, these books. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather y'all did not buy it off Amazon. Like, if that's your only yeah. platform available, sure, whatever. But yeah, yeah, you can do better. Shop indie, join a union, etc. Yes, all yes, of the yes. above. All of the above. Great. The book is out in December, so you have December you have time now. But you should do it now before you forget. Yeah, pre-orders actually really help me out as an author. They really yes. help my my starting numbers. Um, if the book gets enough pre-orders, it potentially could make it onto bestseller lists. Not that I mm-hmm. think it's necessarily going to happen here, but it's going to, no, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> it's um, going to happen. But yeah, pre-order is really good for all authors. And that goes for y'all's book as well. Yes. So, in this season of Ace Books. Yeah. Telling everyone. Pre-order them all now. Yeah. Pre-order Akila. And, and then it'll just be a little present when it comes. You'll like forget that you ordered it and then it'll just come and you'll be like, oh my God. Free present because you bought it so long ago that now it's free. Mm-hmm. If you buy it now by December, it'll it'll be free because you'll have forgotten, and that's how money works. Precisely. Tell me again what the the release date is. Twenty uh, first of December. Perfect for Christmas. Yeah, for a holiday gift. A little late for Hanukkah. I think I don't remember exactly when Hanukkah is this year. Kwanzaa, New Year's. Yeah. All of them. Festival. Get it. Gift it to everyone you know. Yes. Amazing. All right. Well, (laughs) that's fine. Help inform them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Kayla, what's our poll for this week? Are you going to buy this book? Have you pre Have you pre ordered this book yet? Yes. Yes or no? I'm stinky. (laughs) 
again, we need to have a third option that it is a third option I, for I wish but I could, but I am currently unable to. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is an okay option. The no option is incorrect. Don't be. But if you have an excuse, it's fine. But don't be stinky. Yeah, that's allowed. Yeah. Um. Great. All right. Uh, Kayla, what is your beef and your juice this week? Mm-hmm. My beef is that. Uh, okay, no, I'll do one. Okay, I have a saw, so- I have a gravy, I have a saucy, a, I have a gravy, juicy. That's what our listeners remember a juice that's like a beef is a is a gravy. I missed that, this, I missed that, but I love it. <laughs> We've talked about this on the podcast for okay, have we? It's fine, yes, <laughs> it's finally getting colder here in the great Boston area, which is very nice, and I can finally wear like sweatpants inside and not run the air conditioning all the time. But now me and everyone else is like getting the like the seasons are changing, like itchy throat, stuffy nose. And that's not fun. So that's my it's my gravy because it's good. But then it's also stinky. Okay. Um, my juice is that the day this comes out, I'm going to be at my sister's wedding shower. Um, so that'll be fun. I asked her. I thought you were just going to say your sister's wedding at first. And I was like, that's February. No, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, that's in February. Kayla, you're invited to that wedding. You should know what it is. No. <laughs> it's going to be my first gay wedding. I'm very excited. Oh, my God. Really? I know. Can you believe? Oh, I've been to so many. They're so good. I uh, know. <laughs> my beef is the uh, the cost and inconvenience of cross-country travel. Eris, uh, mm-hmm. I'm from Michigan originally, but I live in California. So every time really? I go home, it's a process. What part of California? You Los Angeles. Cut it out. But yeah. Oh, nice. I went to school in LA and spent yeah. a, lot of, a lot of time there. Cause yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. from Orange County. So you spent yeah. Orange County. <laughs> but yeah, but then again, it's also wild that we can even do this travel to begin with. So, like, what am I complaining about? But also, it's expensive. That's but also, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's why everyone needs to buy our book so that you could fund True. Sarah's travel. I was wondering where you're going with that. <laughs> And pay off Eris's many degrees. <laughs> Incredible. Eris, what is your beef and your juice this week? So my beef is that um, the Queen of England has literally come up to my country and died. <laughs> she really did. I'm so glad you're bringing this up because when I told my roommates I was talking to someone who was living in the uk they were like you should ask how they feel about the queen and i was like oh, i'm not doing that <laughs> oh yeah so she like came up here and died and literally nobody i know gives a shit uh like we're like scottish people don't care like no, no. um but like i work like five minutes walk from saint giles cathedral where she is lying in state um mm. i don't even know Have they moved her i don't know I think they moved her because someone yelled at Prince Andrew. Ah, uh, yeah, that guy's a <laughs> uh, Well, yeah, he's, I mean. uh, he got to say his piece in, in the news as well. Um, but yeah, my my pal actually went there and was very tempted also to yell at um, Prince Andrew. But I would have. Yeah, but he didn't want to get arrested. So I was like, you should have got arrested. You wouldn't have had to come work. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> you know what? Like, yeah. So true. So, so that's happening like five minutes away from my work. They had the procession. There were people, my coworkers like got stranded. Like he, one of my coworkers came into town for a dentist appointment, missed the appointment because of the traffic, then God. got stranded and had to wait in work until like nighttime uh, because the road was blocked. Like the entire, they blocked like the main road from, okay, I think it's over now, but they blocked like the main road leading like north to south through the entire city. And it was just blocked. Um, luckily I live in the in the west end so i didn't have to deal with it haha <laughs> losers but um yeah it was a giant pain in the ass for so many people who just do not care um so that's my beef and my juice is that it is autumn baby and i live next to some not next to i live pretty close to some very nice woodlands and i can go and look at fungus whenever i want that sounds so delightful i love oh my god one of the things I, so I hate about living in SoCal is what seasons? No, what are they? No, uh, mudslide, fire. Mm-hmm. Those are the seasons. I got so excited about a week ago. It rained. And I was like, rain in September? 
in my Los Angeles. It was the best day of my life. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Great. Um, everyone, you can answer our poll. Tell us about your beef and your juice on our social media at Sounds Fake Pod. Eris, where can the kids at home find you? Um, Other than I, on the streets of Edinburgh. On the streets of Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. Edinburgh is this Among great, the fungus. Like, like fingers a centimeter apart. Um, Edinburgh is so small. You can literally walk down the street and you'll see me. So come and say hello. I'm very friendly. Um, I occasionally tweet on uh, at young underscore E underscore H. Yeah, that's probably, that's got all my links. And actually you can just Google Eris Young and my website shows up. Um, my, yeah, my book is out December 21st. Um, also, I have a uh, very gay short story out in a magazine called Pseudopod, P-S-E-U-D-O-P-O-D, Pseudopod. Um, it's like a vampire story and it's very gay and a bit fucked up. Um, so if you want to listen to that, that's out on October 14th. That sounds delightful. Also gay podcast. and fucked up, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, gays who listen to podcasts, this is, like, the whole market. Every, everyone's the market here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My God, I'm so excited for that. I'm gay, and I love a podcast, and I love a, I love fucked up vampires. There you go. It's my city. <laughs> These are my people. <laughs> oh, amazing. All right. We also have a Patreon Sarah from the future will tell you about that. Hey, besties, it's Sarah from the future. I am here with your patrons. Our $5 patrons who are promoting who we are, you know, no, no take two. We're, we're just powering through. Rachel, Rhea Faustino, Sam, Savannah Cozart, and Scott Ainsley. Shout out to all of you. You're all great. Our $10 patrons who are promoting something this week are, first of all, very upset that Kayla's not here for this because the first one is my beloved niece, Rosie Costello, who would like to promote voting in the upcoming midterm elections and, in particular, voting for individuals that support year-round lake swimming. Swimming in lakes is very important to Miss Rosie, um, and she does not appreciate when she is told that she can't swim in the big water bowls when it's winter. She doesn't like that. She wants to swim year-round. So please vote for candidates that support year-round rosy swims. Also, you know, if you're American and you're uh, if you're eligible to vote, you should do that. Make sure you're registered. VoteSaveAmerica.com. Anyway, um, Barefoot Backpacker would like to promote their podcast, Travel Tales from Beyond the Brochure. The Steve, who would like to promote Ecosia, a search engine for the trees. And Zirkle Taya, who would like to promote the fact that England isn't real. And this is especially true given the recent demise, yeeting, zooting of the queen. She was, she was the glue holding the vestiges of England together. And now England is no longer um, a real place it's just it's it's an imagined piece of our zeitgeist and if you live in england no you don't our other ten dollar patrons are arknes rek benjamin abara changeling and alex the ace cat david J, david nurse derek and carissa cinnamon toast punch my aunt Jeannie, maggie capelbo martin giselle maddie potato and purple haze our fifteen dollar patrons are Andrew Hillam, who would like to promote the Invisible Spectrum podcast. Click for Caroline, who would like to promote Ace of Hearts. Dia Chappelle, who would like to promote twitch.tv slash Melody Dia. Hector Murillo, who would like to support friends that are supportive, constructive, and help you grow as a better person. Hector would like to support them and also promote them. Kezia Root, who would like to promote friends that come into your life for just a small time, but right when you need them. Nathaniel White, who would like to promote NathanielJWhiteDesigns.com. Kayla Zantanina, who would like to promote at KateMaggart.art. Sarah Jones, who is at Eternal Lolly Everywhere. Thanks. Our twenty dollars patrons are Sabrina Hawk, who would like to pronounce, wow, who would like to promote Merry Christmas from your parents, and Dragonfly, who would like to promote not having a tummy ache. Uh, Also, uh, here, Kayla emailed ourselves a blank email, and the 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 subject line just says Bagel Promo AspecCentral.com. Uh, Bagel is our lovely, lovely transcriber. Hi, Bagel. You will be the first one to hear this. And I don't think Bagel is a patron. I'm almost positive Bagel's not a patron. We pay Bagel. So I was confused by this. I asked Kayla about it, but she is sleeping. 
So I'm just going to say it. It's a nice little website, aspeccentral.com. It's got some information. Looks like Weasel contributed to it. Some icons of the Discord, the SFBO Discord. So yeah, I'm going to promote that. I'm slightly confused about the context because I can't quite figure it out. But, you know, Kayla emailed it to ourselves and uh, I guess she wanted me to see I don't. I don't know. She's asleep. It's 11 p.m. <laughs> okay, back to Sarah and Kayla and Eris from the past. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah from the future. That was great. <laughs> you look really nice today, Sarah from the future. Thank you so much for your broadcast. Thank you. Um, great. Well, again, everyone, buy Eris's book, Ace Voices, wherever you and buy your books. buy They Them Theirs. Yeah. That one's already out. There's no S on that the end. That one's ready Get for the title you. right. They Them There. <laughs> Excuse me. It's all the same. That one's already out. Yeah. Yeah. That one's there for you to purchase right away for your instant gratification. Would you say it's they, them, there? No. It's them right, right, darn there. Right, right, right there. Right darn there. <laughs> okay. Amazing. On that note, thank you so much, Eris, for joining us and for writing such a delightful book. Uh, tune in next Sunday for more of us in your ears. Until then, take good care of your cows. <laughs>